morning we got another lesson from uh, our book this morning, uh, Greatest Questions, and this one is uh, chapter 25, What For Is Your Life? The question is, what for is your life? And this comes from... Uh, the book of James, chapter 4, it said, what is your life but a vapor? You know, uh, so, you know, our life is just a span, you know, no matter how long we live here, or, you know, whether it's one year, 20 years, 100 years, you know, all that to us is, is just a span, you know, it's just, a, it's just a small portion of what this universe is. And so we're going to talk about life today. What is, what is your life? So what are we going to do with our life while we're here? Basically, that's what we're going to say. You know, we got this small time to be on this earth. What are we going to do with that life? You know, and then we're going to talk about some things that uh, we should do. We're going to talk about some things that people do do. You know, uh, and what your life going to mean after you're gone. You know, what you're going to leave here, what your legacy going to be once you leave here from this earth. So we're going to talk about some things like that. <clears throat> but, uh, but it's, you know, uh, when we're talking about life, we're talking about man that has a soul. You know, you know man's the only one that's got a soul, you know, in the book of Genesis. Uh, uh, Moses said uh, he breathes life into man, and man was a living soul. You know, all the other animals he talked about, you know, he made the cattle, he made the birds, but the man's the only one that said he, you know, he breathed life into him, and man became a living soul. So the soul, apart from the body, is life. A soul uh, added to the body, for us, means life. Once the soul is separated from the body, then life is gone. Sasha uh, made this. I'm going to have to get my cheat notes out because I can't see that. <clears throat> That's a, just a little bit too small. Uh, in our introductory thoughts, it says life may be defined as the opposite of death. In other words, if you're not living, you're dead. You know, we can look at that in two different ways. You know, life could be physical life, living, or life could be spiritual life, living. So either way, but we here, basically we're talking about uh, physical life. But you know, we can also look at it as spiritual life because if, you are, if you're not dead to sin, then you die spiritually. You know, if, you, if the spirit is separated from the body, you die physically. So we can, you know, death can come to us either way, you know, either physically or through uh, our spirit being dead. So, but he said the human is far more significant than a mere existence. In other words, we don't just exist. We're here for a reason. You know, God didn't put us on this earth just for us to live and eat and have fun and, and do whatever, whatever we want to do. You know, he gave us the opportunity to do things. We can do things that we want to do. We can have fun. 
we can go places, uh, work and make a living, save money. But you know, our main reason to put on this earth is not just for us to be here, just so we can have fun, just so we can exist. He said human life should be divine in terms of preparation and service. Romans uh, 12, 1. He said, you know, uh, make your life a reasonable service. You know, uh, so on, while we're on this earth, we've got to make our right life a reasonable service to God and man. You know, our job is to be service to man. Our, God, our uh, job is to be service to God. You know, uh, so we have to, you know, we have to make life our reasonable service. <clears throat> you know, uh, Methuselah was 690, uh, 600, 969 years old when he died. But it, the author said, but but he may not have lived at all in the sense of real living. You know, in other words, you know, we, we, what do we know about Methuselah other than that he, you know, he, he was born, he had sons and daughters, and he was 969 years old when he died. And nothing, I don't think there's anything else in the Bible that talks about Methuselah. Uh, but did Methuselah live, you know, a, a life service to God, or did he just live a life? You know, he lived, he had children, and he died. We know that much, but we're talking about living in the sense that God wants us to live. You know, and also it said, uh, uh, we will distinguish between existing and living. In other words, when we explore this lesson, we're going to be distinguishing between this exist, just existing and living. And, and what we're talking about, just existing, just, just being here. You know, just taking up space on this earth, you know, breathing up air, you know, taking up, you know, taking up uh, particles of space. You know, we won't want to be one of those persons that just take us particles of space. We want to do something with our life while we're here so that life will make a difference to other life. You know, our job here is to become Christians, live a Christian life, so we can teach others to become Christian and how to live a Christian life. That's basically what our job here is to do. The rest of it is just God things that God allows us to do to make this life more pleasant for us while we're here. You know, and making Christians should be something that's pleasant to you. You know, making you know going around teaching people the gospel should be a pleasure to us. You know, it should be something that we should. Um, we should, we should boast about, you know, we should be glad to be able to go out and talk to other people about the gospel. You know, that should be part of our living, not just to be here to have fun and to do things, you know, travel different countries, which is good, is good. But our job, main job here is to serve God, teach others, and, and live a life that's going to get us in, into heaven. And the second one, it says, uh, life is a gift. You know, uh, it was given to us. You know, gift is something that is given to you that you don't ask for. It don't cost you anything. It's given out of free heartedness of the other person. You know, we was given life. We didn't ask for it. We didn't buy it, and we can't buy it. All you can, uh, you can have all the money in the world. And it's not going to make you live forever. You know, how many rich people in this world has passed away uh, in, the, in this last, even just last year or so? You know, money is not going to keep you on this earth 
no longer than you know your time. When your time is up, the time is up. You know, uh, so we want to make sure that you know our life live. We're gonna make sure we're gonna take that gift and make something out of it. Uh, you know, you don't take a gift and just throw it away, which some people do. You know, you know if you don't like it, you know this is, should be a gift that we like. You know, somebody give you a pair of uh, socks that's the wrong color, you may not ever wear them. You know, but God gave us life, and some people don't respect that life because they take it. You know, they take it upon themselves to take their own lives. You know, so we have to, you know, take this gift and do something with it. You know, God gave us this gift of life. We should take it uh, and do something with it. Uh, in recognition of the man's creator, uh, Solomon wrote, Remember now thou creator in the days of thy youth. Ecclesiastes 12, 1. In other words, we got, you know, one of our job here is to remember created us. God created us. God is the one who gave us life. He gave us that gift. And so we should, you know, be, we should be happy about that. And talking, to, you know, I think everybody been talking about the abortion thing. You know, changing abortion laws are good. That's fine. That's not should, that shouldn't be our main concern is the abortion law. Our main concern should be teaching people what's right about not having abortion. I mean, just, just because you make it against the law to not have an abortion, that's not changing people's hearts about abortion. They're just doing it because they know they're getting in trouble. The same way with stealing. If you don't steal because you, just because you know it's going to get in trouble, you're not changing your heart. It's only you not just you just not doing it because you don't want to get in trouble. We our job is not to worry about whether those laws have been passed or not. Our job is to teach people that abortion is wrong spiritually through God, so they would have in their mind that it's wrong. And I won't do it because I know it's wrong. And I know if I do it, you know, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to see God. You know, I'm gonna have to you know those are one of the things that we're gonna have to bring before God when we die. Not the laws. Laws don't have anything to do with the mind. You know, the, the laws just make people, you know, people don't speed, not speed because they know it's wrong to speed. They not speed because they know that if they speed, they're gonna, I'm gonna stop them and give them a ticket. You know, so, but you know, our mind it said is to change people's mindset about abortion. You know, if the laws, you know, yes, the law has been changed, but do that, did that change people's minds about abortion? Our job is to change people's minds about things, not whether a law is going to make people do right or wrong. You know, yeah, it's good to have that law so people won't do abortion, but our job is to teach people the spiritual wrongness of abortion. All right, so, and it said, uh, it said, man, therefore, is creation of an intelligent first cause rather than the pro product of blind chance. In other words, God was made, man was made intentionally to be intelligent. You know, was, you know God made man. You know, some people say that, you know, we, we uh, came through small particles, you know, cause you got some say these particles come from space and they um, joined into some particles here on earth and then that's how life started to begin. You know, some people said it was the Big Bang Theory that everything just exploded and here we are. You know, 
Some people said we were just little particles, you know, that grew little feet. We were the particles in the water from the beginning, and then we grew little feet, and then we walked out of the water, and, and then we started growing into what we are now. Uh, what I like about when I was in college, my college uh, professor in biology, he taught what the biology things taught about how life came and about how people, how evolution. But he said if evolution was happening, we would still be involving. In other words, we wouldn't just stop to where we are now, we would be involving into something else. So if evolution was true, we, was, we may have made it to this point, but then we would be changing into something else because evolution don't stop. It just don't get to a point and then just stop. Evolution continue and continue and continue. So that means we would be what we are now, but then, you know, uh, 100 years from now, we may be something else. We may have wings, something like that, you know, because we'd be evolving to our uh, surroundings. And if it was evolution was true, that means people living in Alaska would grow a lot of hair to keep them warm, and we wouldn't have any hair at all, so we won't, you know, uh, so we won't get too hot. You know, so, uh, you know, that's, you know, that tell you right there that evolution is not, you know, not happening. You know? And that's the one thing I, I enjoyed about that instructor. He said if evolution was happening, it wouldn't stop. We, we would still be evolving. We would still be changing. Do anybody got any questions to come in about anything on life or anything about this lesson? Uh, before I continue, I want to give everybody an opportunity to have their chance to say something. Because it may be something in this, that's in this lesson that I may, that it may not be, it may be something that you want to add that's not in here. You know, it may be some things we're going to be looking at a little bit later on, but it may be some things in here that, uh, about the gift of life, you know, life being a gift. You know, uh, and it said, and uh, Jesus said he desired that we live to his glory in Matthew 5, 16. You know, we have to live to God's glory. You know, our job here is to live to God's glory. He gave us life that we may worship him. You know, not that we may worship the moon and the sun and the stars like the, uh, like the uh, Gentiles did. You know, they were worshiping uh, wooden, wooden animals, uh, golden animals, wooden statues, trees. You know, some people worship cows. I was watching this program once where the people in some country, I can't remember where it was, they worshiped rats. And they would not kill rats. And rats was overflowing the country. People was living in huts full of rats because rats was their gods and they couldn't kill rats. So the government would go in at night and fumigate the rats while the people were asleep so they wouldn't know it. But they were showing these people's houses and you couldn't see the floor for the rats in the house. And they was living among that because they worship rats. And, uh, but uh, so, and that's, you know, that's how people are thinking. You know, you know, look at the countries that don't eat cows. You know, some of these countries are starving to death, but they won't eat a cow. You know, because, you know, you know they, because they worship cows and, they, and here they are, they starving to death because, you know, they, they don't want to eat a cow. 
You know, and said the day will come when we will, be, we will have to face him in Revelation 2012. You know, we're going to have to face, uh, we're going to have to face God after this life is over. When the, when the, when the time comes, you know, all of us are going to have to give an account. And we're going to have to face God. We're going to have, you know, God already knows what we're doing in life, but we're still going to have to go before the judgment. You know. You know, we're going to have to be judged for the things we, that we've done while we was here on earth. You know, it's too late to be, uh, too late after this life is over with. You know, we can't change things after this life is over with. Hebrews 9, 27 said, uh, uh, you know, oh, shucks, I lost my train of thought now. Come on, somebody tell me what now Hebrews 9, 27 says. I forget. Yeah, say it. Do it again. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. It was appointed under man once to die, then the judgment. In other words, once you die, there's no changing things. You know, whatever you've done here, and once you die, you can't change that. You know, I don't care what the Catholic Church said, that you can buy yourself out of purgatory once you die. You know, all the money in the world is not going to buy you into heaven. You know, uh, but so, you know, once we die, then the only thing that's left is the judgment, you know. No matter how long that be, you know, if, if I died, if I died tonight, and judgment is not for a hundred years from now, I don't have the opportunity to change what I did while I was here. Now we have the opportunity to change. While we got that gift of life that God gave us, we have the opportunity to change it. Once the gift of life is gone, then we don't have the opportunity to change it. You know, whatever we've done here is already done. And there's nothing we can do to change that. So we have to remember that. These things are the things that we got to do while we're here to make sure that we have that gift of life after this life is over. You know, there's two lives. You know, we got this life here on earth, which is physical life. Then we got the life after we're gone, which is spiritual life. Uh, uh, Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, so we can't enter the kingdom of heaven as fleshly people. You know, because Paul said that flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So we have to enter it as a spirit. And then also in 2 Thessalonians, it said we, if you're still on this earth, when that time come, we're going to be changed into a spirit. You know, uh, this fleshly body uh, uh, dissip, uh, dissipate and will be changed into a spirit because that's the only way we can go into the judgment. That's the only way we can go into heaven is as a spirit. You know, the only way we can go into the air is as a spirit. You know, we can't fly up there as a human because if God wanted us to fly, he would have given us wings from the beginning, right? So we won't be able to fly up there as a physical person, but we'll be able to go up there as a spirit. Uh, and number four, it said life is a preparation. You know, we're here to prepare for heaven. You know, there's an old song, old gospel song from back in the 70s by a group called the Gospel Keynotes. And it said, this is just a rehearsal. Okay. Uh, and it says, when we get to heaven, then we're going to really sing. You know, so this is just a rehearsal here. We're rehearsing 
for what we're going to have, do, have in heaven. How we're going to live in heaven, how we're going to sing in heaven, how we're going to walk those golden streets in heaven. You know, this is a rehearsal. In, in order for us to walk those golden streets and to sing in heaven, we got to sing here on earth. You know, that's why we have singing here. Uh, we got to uh, walk the streets here on earth, going around teaching the gospel to other people. So, you know, we have to do those things in order to prepare, in order to sing and walk the golden streets in heaven. And if we don't do it here, how we can, how we can expect it to, to go there so we can do it there? You know, it's just a rehearsal. We just, it's a preparation. You know, uh, it is a period of time in which man should prepare to meet God. You know, the song, you know, where the song says, prepare to meet thy God, you know, that's what we're doing. And how we do that, you know, we become a Christian, we learn about how we become a Christian, we be baptized, and we learn to live as a Christian, we teach others about Christianity, and, you know, we, we live that life. You know, we have to go live that life of, of a Christian. We have to show people that we're a Christian by the life we live. Not by telling people we're Christian. You know, you know some people want to go out and, and uh, taunt their Christianity by you know, every time every other word come out of their mouth is thank the Lord, thank the Lord, thank the Lord. You know, that's them trying to boast on how, how I guess, religious they are, I guess. You know, but every other word is, you know, every other word that come out of their mouth is thank the Lord, thank the Lord. You know, we want to thank the Lord, but, you know, we can thank the Lord in secret. We don't have to thank the Lord in front of everybody that we come in contact with. If we live the life that Christ wants us to live, that's all that he asks of us. What did Christ tell us to do when we pray? Go into your secret closet. He didn't say go out in front of everybody and pray, you know, just to show that you're a praying person. You know, you pray in front of people when it's necessary. You know, if you go visit somebody that's sick, you know, you may pray for them before you leave. You may pray for the family before you leave. You know, you may pray out loud prayer in. But if you're praying for yourself and just praying, you know, you don't have to get in front of everybody just to do it. You know, you, you know, pray at home, pray in your car, you know, praying while you're working in the garden, uh, driving a tractor. But if, you know, if you got a special reason that you need to say an out loud prayer in front of everybody, say it in worship service. Or you're praying for a family that's got a uh, uh, sick relative or a person that's lost a relative. You know, that would be the time for us to pray in front of people. But other, other, other than that, we don't have to show everybody by, you know, praying and thanking the Lord and things like that and, and quoting the scripture uh, every Every time you talk to somebody, you know, I, uh, we got a good friend of ours, you know, bless his soul, he, you know, he tried to be a good Christian, but, you know, but that's all he does is quote scriptures, quote scriptures, you know, you know, uh, but, you know, people, you know, sometimes you can go overboard with stuff, you know, uh, you know, and people do that just to show how religious they are or how much they know. You know, we don't have to go around. You quote scripture when you need to quote scripture. You know, if somebody asks you a question about something, you need to quote a scripture to show them uh, 
what the Bible says about it. And my suggestion is not quote scriptures to people. You know, in, in uh, Fishers of Men, we learn to not quote scriptures. We learn to go get the Bible and let people read those scriptures for themselves. So that's the suggestion is to do, is not quote scripture to people, because if you quote a scripture to a person, then what they gonna think? Well, that's something that you say. But if you let them read in the Bible and they can see it for themselves, then they can't dispute it. You know, you know because you know, people can dispute you unless you just show it to them in the Bible. You know, they can say, well, you saying that, but you know, you know, where is it in, you know, they may ask you, well, where is it in the Bible? Now we have to go to the Bible and show, but if we break the Bible out and say, well, here, read it for yourself, and now they know it's there, and then if they don't agree with it, then they're not agreeing, disagreeing with you. They disagreeing with God. They disagree with the scriptures. All right, so, but it said the, uh, in the Old Testament, let's see, in the Old Testament, the Israelites was commanded, prepare to meet thy God of Israel, Amos 4.12. You know, that's, that's us. We, we, are, we are preparing to meet our God. You know, um, and, and the way we do that is we have to uh, go by what the scriptures, that scriptures tell us how we can meet God. And, and, this, and that's what we have to do. So it's also uh, uh, true for us today. 2 Corinthians 5.10. We all must go before the judgment seat of Christ to give things that are done in the body, whether there was good or bad. In other words, the things we do here on earth, we got to go before God to be judged by those things, whether they be good or bad. You know, life has been compared to a dressing room. You know, you said there is only one way to prepare to meet God, and that is through Jesus. You know, when we, get, when we prepare to go somewhere, we get dressed, right? You know, we don't go out in our birthday suit. You know, you know, when I got up this morning, I put on my pants, I put on my shoes, I put on my socks and my shirt and my uh, coat and tie. I'm preparing to go somewhere. And you prepare it depending on where you're going. If I was going to work, then I would put on my work uniform. You know, if I was going to work in the yard, I put on my old clothes that I don't want no more. You know, but, you know, when you, get, when you, uh, uh, when you prepare, to go out to live a life of Christ, we've got to put on Christ. You know, when we were baptized, you know, we put on Christ. You know, so we have to, you know, we have to live that life of Christ. Uh, there no, uh, so, uh, John, John 14, 6 says the only way is through God, Christ. Christ says the only way is through him. You know, we can only get to heaven through Christ. You know, <clears throat> so we have to remember that, uh, you know, that's the only way we can get through is, is get to heaven is through Christ. Uh, <clears throat> life is a period of building. All right, now we've got to build up on that life. You know, we don't just come here to, you know, uh, live life. We come here to build up on life. See, it's a every... Uh, Responsible being is being, being is building on either the rock or the sand. Matthew 24, 27, 24 through 27. So you build your rock on the on the on the sand. The wind came and the wind blew and blew that house down. But if you build it on the rock, the rains came and the wind blew and sturdy was that house because it was built on the rock. 
So we don't want to build our, our house on the, on, the, on, the, on the sand, you know, where the wind can blow it away because it's not steady. You know, the found, our foundation is going to be the key to our life. You know, you build your house on a weak foundation, you got a weak house. You build your house on a strong foundation, you got a strong house. And that's what we want to build. You know, uh, the foundation of any house institution being is extremely important. Important. You know, so that foundation is important. Uh, a man cannot build a strong life on a weak foundation. You know, uh, you know, Paul said on, on a foundation no man can lay but Jesus Christ. So we have to build that foundation on Christ. You know, and you know, that foundation can't be built on what we think, or what we want, and live how we want to live. You know, that foundation has to be built on what Christ thinks, what Christ wants, and how Christ wants us to live. You know, he teaches us how to live. You know, uh, Paul said in, in Philippians that this mind being you that was in Christ Jesus. In other words, we have to try to think like Christ. We have to try to do things that Christ, what did Christ do when he was, when he was here on this earth? You know, how did Christ live when he was here on this earth? You know, um, and that's what we have to think. You know, we have to think the way, you know, we have to try to think. We, we'll never be able to live like Christ. But our job is to try to imitate Christ as close as we can in our life. You know, not committing sins, which we're going to do. You know, uh, not hurting people, you know, not uh, uh, hurting other people physically, you know, which Christ does not do. You know, uh, try to teach everybody that we can what Christ did. You know, so we have to do things like that. Uh, life is a period of building. We have to build on those foundations. Uh, and then uh, six said life is a conflict of war. I'm about to run out of time. I guess I have to run through these real quick. So there's no neutrality in the struggle between the forces of Satan and the forces of God, Matthew 6, 24. You know, uh, man, uh, you know, you can't have two masters. You know, he's love the one and hate the other, worship the one or despise the other. You know, you can't have two masters. You have to, you have to, you're going to have to go one or the other. There is a uh, constraint war between man. You know, in other words, you know, between man, you know, man between the physical man and the spiritual man. There's always a war between the physical man and the spiritual man. Uh, man is commanded to put on the whole armor of God, Ephesians 6, 11 through 17. Said to endure the hardness as a good soldier of Christ. In uh, 2 Timothy 2, 3. Said the sword of the spirit is our offensive and defensive weapon. You know, it said the sword is like a two-edged, the spirit, the word of God is like a two-edged sword. Couldn't do bones and send you, you know. Uh, you know, cutting on the way in and cutting on the way out. You know, and that's what's going to happen when you use the word of God. It's going to cut people. You know, uh, and, uh, in Acts 2, in Acts 2, it said they was cut to the heart. When, you know, when Peter preached the gospel to them on Pentecost, it said they was cut to the heart. The word had cut them so that they knew they had done wrong. 
So let us use it effectively in Second uh, Timothy two fifteen. In the study, to show thyself approved, a workman not to be ashamed, uh, rightly dividing the word of God. You know that's what we need to do. Study that we can show ourselves approved. Number seven, life is a multiplicity of choices. Uh, I said man is different from other creatures. Man has been given the ability to make decisions, and his whole life is filled with them. You know, we got a lot of decisions that we make. Man's decisions are important to both his temporal and eternal welfare. In other words, our temporary welfare here on earth and our lifetime welfare, were we going to heaven or were we going to the other place, one or the other. So our most important decision concerns right and wrong, truth and error, God and Satan. Uh, Joshua 24, 15 said, uh, you know, who are you going to serve? The, the God of our fathers on the other side of the flood or the, or the gods of the Amorite? He said, but for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You know, and that's where we have to look at. It. You know, you can serve whoever you want, but for us, for me and my house, we're going to serve God. So we, uh, we have Moses to inspire us for the sake of sin and follow righteousness, Hebrews 11, 24, and 25. You know, he said he gave up a luscious life, you know, you know, the, you know for God. You know, he could have lived as, as an Egyptian and have a luscious life, but he didn't want to do that. You know, he gave up that when he... So Matthew 6.33 is a guiding principle in every decision. You know, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will come after. Said so life is something, uh, seven, eight said life is something we must live a little at a time. Uh, it says sufficient unto the day is the evil there of Matthew 6.34. And of course, we go back to Matthew 6.33, it was talking about, you know, uh, Stick you first. And it said in the 634, it said, you know, we can't add a cubic to our life. You know, what's, what's, on, what's on to tomorrow? You know, let tomorrow take care of itself. You know, we can't worry about what's tomorrow. We have to worry about what's today. You know, we may not see tomorrow. You know, uh, he said tomorrow take, tomorrow take care of things of itself. You know, we have to think about what's going on for the days of today. Uh, Number eight, it said life is something we must live a little at a time. Uh, said this is the only way we can live. Life seems unbearable sometimes because they try to live, people try to live too much at one time. You know, we try to live too much, we try to do too much. And, and I think all of us kind of guilty there because, man, I got so much on my plate. Uh, I don't, sometimes I don't know if, if, if 48 hours in a day would even help me. You know, I'm so far behind on things. You know, I took vacation for the last two weeks to try to catch up, and I go back to work tomorrow, and I still ain't caught up. You know, I found things that I had to do that needed to get done over the things I wanted to do that I had planned to do while I was on vacation. I ended up having to put a roof, uh, some roof in, on some of my house starting yesterday because it was leaking, and that was something that I hadn't planned because I had planned on doing some other things. I wanted to work on my Mustang. I'm rebuilding a 72 Mustang. My plan was to work on that. I hadn't even looked at it. You know, it's been sitting there for, hmm, it's been sitting in the garage for, garage for 20 years. <laughs> and, it's, and I'm still working on it. I'm gonna be too old to drive it after a while. 
Number eight said, life is a vapor. You know, and that's where this lesson started from. He said, what is your life? Is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. James 4.14. Yeah. In other words, we're here today, we're gone six minutes from now. You know, um, one minute from now. You never know. So man's earthly life is fleeting, Job 14, 1 and 2. So I say, Job said, you know, a uh, uh, man born to a woman is soon full of trouble. You know, man's earthly life is, uh, said, for this reason, we should pray the prayer of the psalmist. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom, Psalm 90. 12. You know, we, we have to remember, you know, life is not here always. This physical life is not here always. Now, spiritual life, true. But where you want to live that spiritual life? You want to live it in life of luxury in heaven where we can worship all day long, no night, no pain. Uh, and, you know, from working on that house, Roofing. I used to do roofing a long time ago, but I hadn't done roofing a long time. Told them shingles on the house yesterday. My legs are so, <laughs> you know. Uh, so in heaven, we wouldn't feel that pain. You know, we wouldn't feel that stiffness. We wouldn't feel that pain. <clears throat> you wouldn't have these allergies that you have. You know, we can just sing all day, worship God all day, and be happy all day. You know, now we work all day. Wondering what tomorrow gonna be like. You know, we don't have to worry what tomorrow gonna be like in heaven, do we? Because we know what tomorrow gonna be like in heaven. We don't know what tomorrow gonna be like. You know, I might wake up tomorrow and I might not come walk. You know, I might not work up at all tomorrow. You know, life is, is a brevity. Uh, think in uh, Proverbs 27, I think uh, Solomon said that man's life is three score and 10, and maybe four score. You know, in other words, 70 years, maybe 80. You know, if we bless 90, 100, you know, you know we can't live at 969 years like uh, Methuselah did. You know, was, you know, was he miserable living that long? You know, some people say that 969 years wasn't the kind of years we lived. But I think a year in the Bible is the same as a year with us. So 969 years was 969 years. And I think the reason people lived that long back then because there wasn't as many people on the earth. So God had to let those people live longer so they can replenish the earth enough that when people die, enough people would be left to keep replenishing. And then once enough people was on the earth, then man's life started getting, you notice as, as time went by, people were living shorter time, 300 and some years, 200 and some years, you know, 100 and some years, 90 and some years. Now with us, you know, 70, 80, 90 years maybe. Okay. Uh, thank you for y'all undivided attention. I think, I don't know, I think we may have an, another lesson out of this book. Uh, I think I know it's one more. I don't know if, I don't think it's been done yet. That'd be lesson number 26. Uh, and I don't know who got that one, so. But thank you for your undivided attention. 
and let's get prepared for our worship service.